Welcome everybody. I'm Jamie Shears, the Associate Director here at SCM Industrial. Introduce myself first of all. So I'm, I'm the host. Welcome to uh, this live CM Conversations episode. And today we're going to be talking about going carbon neutral in mining. Joining me today is, is Miko Cato. Uh, Miko is the president of mining at FL Smith. Of course, uh, it's been well publicized. FLS are making great inroads into going carbon neutral by 2030s. So yeah, first of all, before we get into things, Mika, I'll let you introduce yourself and we'll go from there. Thanks, Jamie. Thanks for having me in the discussion. I have a little bit more than 10 years of background in in mining industry. And as as all of us know, the mining industry, mining and cement does have a significant impact on on the environment. And of course, uh, therefore, it's really important that suppliers and miners, operators alike, embark on this uh, mission, what we call uh, Mission Zero. And, and uh, I've uh, learned all about Mission Zero uh, since I joined uh, FLS in the beginning of the year. And it's one of the key reasons why I joined the company, because it's exciting vision for the industry, which can really transform towards uh, zero emissions. Brilliant. Thank you. That was actually one of my questions. Actually, was it you know was it a big factor in you joining the the company? But it sounds like it was. It was, Anna, and it's uh, sometimes when you think about environment and environmental matters, and and you look at the industries that have a kind of significant impact on the environment, and best way to actually cho- uh, change that is actually join that particular industry, whether that's uh, cement, whether that's uh, mining, whether that's oil and gas. Sometimes. You can actually change things faster from within rather than being outside and, and complaining. So I think uh, that is exciting opportunity for the for the mining industry. Great, perfect. Just um, a reminder to everybody listening and, and joining us today, uh, putting your questions into the um, uh, into the LinkedIn live chat, and then we'll go through those at the at the end. So yeah, I mean, it, it's obviously been you know it was announced in 2019, and you know it's been live since. Talk us through some of the progress then. How's, how's everything been going so far with Mission Zero? Yeah. Uh, so, so basically what we are focusing is that we are focused on achieving zero energy waste and zero emissions and uh, zero water, water waste. And of course, uh, water is uh, main kind of issue in many of the mining operations. You do have some mining operations with too much water and too much rain, but typically shortage of water and, and uh, um, how, how big part of the water re- you can recover is a key factor. But basically, around these topics, uh, uh, we, we developed the Mission Zero, and, and uh, it's, it's a program, a holistic program from within uh, FLS. And we're also working closely with some universities. We are co- working closely with some of our customers because it seems that uh, over the last two years, we were one of the first ones in the industry to see this coming, how important this environmental footprint reduction is for the industry. And and over the last two years, it seems that everybody's on board, our customers, our competitors. But it's it's a good thing is that we, we, we started it maybe a little bit ahead of the time. It means that we've been able to do certain things uh, maybe faster and early than, than some of the others. Brilliant. And then you mentioned that water, water and wastewater is obviously a huge element to this um, and where there can be some big wins made. 
Now, I, I was reading actually, like the issue is only going to get worse. So, you know, the number of people living in water stressed areas is expected to increase from 33% to 50% by, uh, by 2030. So it's, it's obviously an ongoing issue, issue and a growing issue. So I think the, the main solution is eco-tails, if I'm not mistaken, from F.L. From Smith, yeah. recycling more than 90% of water. It's obviously a huge issue. I mean, just stepping away from that, moving into digitalization, which I know at F.L. Smith, digitalization mm -hmm. and sustainability go hand in hand. It's something that you, you know, talk about a lot, rightly so. Um, so yeah, talk to me a little bit about how digitalization has um, evolved over the past few years at F.L. Smith and I guess what the future looks like as well. If I think about the digitalization, uh, most of the mining operations uh, are brownfield operations. And of course, uh, customers have done their capital expenditure investment. You're expanding the mines, uh, adding capacity. Of course, there will be lots of new capacity invested also to the uh, greenfield size. But uh, most of the production will be from, uh, from brownfield, from, from existing uh, sites. And at the same time, if you look at a couple of years ahead, we see all grades declining, which means that you need to do more processing. And when I talk about uh, processing in very simple terms, I talk about size reduction, separation, and then kind of material handling around these processes. So the mining sites, the miners will process much more ore to get the same product. And of course, this is kind of the change in the industry, which is accelerating need for the, for the new solutions. And if I think about Brownfield, what we can, how we can fast improve the operations is that, of course, you look at the full flow sheet, and, and then you, you cannot, make necessarily major changes to your flow sheet of the existing mine. But what you can easily do is actually you start to optimize your assets, you start to optimize your process performance. And, and uh, uh, typically you can uh, get fiber with the proper process controls and process performance management, which is actually done with the sensors, uh, digital tools, uh, where you then aggregate the data uh, and then analyze, make decisions how, how, how to improve the performance, change the parameters. Let's say that uh, you can get a 5% gain in productivity with these digital tools and, and uh, competence. What is 5% gain is very significant impact on the footprint of that operation. 5% less energy usage on that side, which is uh, really using lots of energy. So that kind of uh, achievement on the existing operation is, is possible with these tools. And, and uh, that's maybe an example. We acquired a company called KnowledgeScape some time ago for that reason that we would have a tool set that uh, we can look at the whole process and we can address uh, different parts of the process. Uh, one example is uh, milling circuit. We have uh, leading sensor for the for the for the uh, grinding mill and with that sensor we can optimize the performance of the of the mill and then at the same time uh, we have uh, composite liners so looking at the mill performance we're looking at the liners and then how you run the mill and i think uh, that's just one example 
in one part of the process uh, what you can do. But the most important thing is that uh, you don't only look at point solutions for individual parts of the circuit, but you look at end to end. Very good. Um, and ju just on that, talking about brownfield, it's not even sometimes the digitalization, but converting the way that they're currently operating on that mine. So I know a big part of the, of the mission is um, integrating uh, in-pit crushing and, and conveying systems, moving away from the use of diesel trucks and diesel-powered machinery. Um, so yet another example of, of how this can work, you know, the electrification of the, of the mines. Um, so I guess to kind of turn that on its head a little bit, the digitalization side, you know, there's no doubt in terms of maintenance and optimization, you know, it plays a key part. Um, what about, I guess, what the, what the world has thrown us over the past couple of years, you know, COVID, COVID-19, um, we've had to work remotely, we've had to take a leap forward in terms of uh, digitalization ourselves and the way that we, the way that we operate as businesses. Um, have, have customers more importantly been um, open-minded and willing to continue their minds being serviced and commissioned remotely or do you think that the expectations will change and they'll want people on site sooner rather than later? Um, if I first pick, pick on your point regarding uh, input the crossing and conveying and I think uh, if we later have a short discussion around uh, also the recently announced uh, acquisition of uh, TK, TK mining, input crossing and conveying, uh, there's a bit of a slow start in the industry for adoption of that one. But we've seen increasingly interest uh, for that, uh, that one amongst the miners, for, especially for the new sites. And, and, uh, and of course, uh, if, you, if you in very kind of simple terms think about the open pit mine and have a, a huge number of dumper trucks uh, driving up and down and, and, uh, and with the emissions. And, and if, if you can replace that with the in-pit crossing, you have a crossing station, then you have a uh, basically conveyors to take the, the ore to the next stage is from an environment up to a massively big improvement. So, so over the last uh, uh, couple of years, we've seen increasingly big interest for uh, input crossing conveying. And one of the key drivers actually is environmental aspects of the, of the, of the operation. And, and, uh, and also that uh, use of conveyors uh, and, and, uh, the efficient conveyors in mining is is uh, is also another important aspect, and this is the area that uh, when I talk in the beginning about uh, mining in very simple terms, mining it's uh, size reduction, uh, separation, but then then the whole material handling space is is getting more important, and I think it's getting also emphasis from the customers as it's not the unimportant part of the process that you implement in the cheapest possible way. You see that uh, with the new technology, with the kind of advanced solutions, you can actually gain operational performance. You can actually gain a lot uh, in reducing your environmental footprint. So, in input uh, crossing and con conveying, uh, and and uh, uh, the kind of uh, heavy duty conveying, efficient conveying is actually is important today, but it will be even more important going forward. And then, and and yeah, the second part of the question. So. It's something I thought about. It was something a little bit different, and um, you know, customers have had to, to have their mine sites and, and, and machinery operated, uh, or serviced, or maintained remotely. Sometimes, you know, people just weren't able to, to travel. So, 
are you seeing customers embrace that way of working, you know, remote, uh, remote training or do you think that will change? We have actually, and I think, uh, of course, the COVID uh, spread of the COVID and restrictions have uh, kind of uh, accelerated the development because uh, we've seen, for example, uh, more expert support provided by digital means if we install and commission and, and then that commissioning requires supervision of uh, kind of deep experts, whether it's uh, gear or whatever part of the uh, kind of a product you, you talk, there has been more acceptance that uh, uh, kind of commissioning supervision, for example, is done by remote means so that you have a crew at the site and then you have uh, super experts uh, uh, kind of calling in uh, by digital means. And, and of course, it has implications also for the for the for both for the suppliers and customers that it's accepted because sometimes in the commercial acceptance acceptance of the warranty requires that somebody supervising something at the site meaning so that, making sure that the kind of installation commissioning is done to the standards and now more and more companies are accepting that that uh, that supervision part and and uh, can be done remotely and for example, I started with FLS in the beginning of the year, and and because of the COVID, uh, I've been mainly stuck in Denmark, and most of my mining team is actually in Salt Lake, in South America, Australia. I haven't met most of my team yet face to face, which is uh, uh, strange, but yeah. I talk to them on a daily basis, like we talk now with the video. So I, I feel that uh, that I, I know them quite well. And, and uh, I covered the world from from my my office in in Valpo, uh, Denmark, which is a definite change because of course when joining FLS, my my first idea is that I I go around the world, I meet everybody, I meet my team, I meet all the customers. But it seems that uh, uh, I've done good progress actually getting to know both customers in my new role and and uh, and my own organization from this office in in Valpo. And it, it is it is it is very significant change because I used to travel a lot in the mm. past. I can imagine. I bet the uh, I bet your family's um, yeah enjoying having you around a bit more. Um, but yes, it's, 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 it's strange, isn't it? But this sort of thing used to be so awkward before. You know, having uh, having even back then Skype conversations, Zoom conversations. Now it's it's meeting in person is becoming more awkward because we're because we're not used to it anymore. Um, yeah. But now you're right. It's, it's it's forced everyone to take a big leap digitally um and i'm sure that has um yeah helped help mission zero and will help mission zero moving forward so that's that's good um obviously you mentioned that the tk acquisition the citizen crop acquisition of their mining business so congratulations on that a huge um a huge move um i think the trade-off between the the capital and the service business is is quite good i know it's something that you want to encourage more is is, is boosting the service element of, of what tk do um but them coming on board, I, I imagine it was assessed um, and the due diligence was was quite thorough around would this affect Mission Zero positively or negatively? So, you know, will this complicate things or will it help uh, accelerate the change? Uh, from technology and product point of view, it will uh, accelerate the change uh, because uh, uh, once we are able to close uh, the deal after the antitrust process, we will have access to some key technologies which are, which are extremely important from an environmental footprint reduction point of view. High pressure grinding, uh, TK is world leader in that area. 
And, and of course, our main driver for using high pressure grinding in the mining process is actually savings in energy consumption and also less impact uh, on the environment. So high pressure grinding is another piece of technology that we will greatly add in, in, in our portfolio from an environmental point of view. Second is that uh, F.L. Smith is doing pretty well in, uh, in input crossing and conveying, but uh, the market leader is actually Tyson Group. So uh, it will strengthen our, our input crossing and conveying competence and abilities to, to execute that. So it's it's a really key aspect. As I said, uh, they are leader in the, in, the, in the pit. We are one of the leading companies at the plant, basically, which means concentrator and, and tailings management. So it's uh, there's uh, really complementary portfolios. And, and uh, TK also have a uh, really strong portfolio in uh, Lots overland, lot kind of uh, gearless conveyors, uh, heavy duty conveyors for mining applications. So, uh, and and uh, also that uh, they've done some uh, nice RITSA development for the for their part of the portfolio. So, uh, we see the the kind of acquisition highly complementary rather than uh, having lots of overlap. So, TK leader in 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 the pit, we are leader in in the kind of plant or in the concentrator area, and and especially in the in the wet part of the. So I think it's uh, exciting looking at, at uh, the portfolio and also the competence of the people. Yes. I'm really happy about acquisition, really looking, looking forward, uh, going through the antitrust process, and then, then, uh, then closing and then welcoming uh, uh, TK experts in, in, into our organization. Good. I was, I was looking at some of the numbers, you know, 3,400 employees, uh, 5,000 active installations 12 engineering centers so there is it's a substantial move here and yeah i think if it, it sounds like it was maybe a key part of the acquisition or a key element of the acquisition was you know how, how will this affect mission zero if if it if, if it was to affect mission zero negatively how much of an impact would that have made on potentially going ahead with the acquisition uh, if if the technology uh, would have been focused on on something which is uh, becoming uh, uh, which is not focused going uh, forward, for example, coal, I think uh, we we wouldn't be acquiring uh, coal specific technologies because we follow our customers, and 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 of course uh, our customers are migrating away from the coal, and and uh, we are we are doing the same. But uh, and that kind of uh, if it would be a purely coal-based company, that would have been a, a no-go for us. Yeah, perfect. And um, of course, you joined in in uh, January this year, so obviously after the the mission was was launched. What have been the the biggest challenges so far? Has it been change in attitude? Has it been digital capabilities? Uh, what would you say have been the biggest, I guess, setbacks and challenges so far? Um, Maybe one challenge, it's not a setback, is that uh, the mining industry is very conservative. And when you go to the actual mining site, you know why. Because if you look at the environment, it's extremely demanding, severe operating environment. is uh, too hot, too cold, 
too wet, too dry, but it's really uh, harsh operating environments. And for that reason, uh, uh, customers are a little bit more conservative, meaning that uh, uh, they like to be first to be second deploying any new technology uh, because of the operating environment and, and, uh, and typically also in remote locations, you don't want to take risks in deploying something totally new and, and, and it not succeeding. And, and there's a little bit kind of inherent slowness in the industry. But what I've seen the fast change amongst the, the miners is that uh, Mission Zero, they might, might call, it, uh, call it different. It has become the, one of the most important uh, uh, kind of strategic objectives of all our customers. So they are driving it. They want to get it. They want to implement whatever they can. So, so they are really accelerating the change. So initially, I would say that the slowness in adoption, but now I would say that everybody's fully committed. Uh, FL Smith and customers alike, I think we have the same, uh, same direction. And, uh, and of course, all of us want to uh, speed up the development. And I've discussed with some of our customers, top management, and they say that one of our key uh, CapEx approval criteria is kind of reduction in the environmental footprint. So increasingly so, when they're looking at CapEx investment, one of the key drivers is that with this CapEx investment, what is our environmental impact, how it will improve things from what they are today. So, so we have seen fast change. So and that is really driving. Uh, customers are now fully on board. They are driving uh, to the same direction as, as we are. Good. Very good. I was then, again, kind of doing this research and I, I did an article, um, I think it was at the back end of last year now, about sustainability and, you know, mining and mining getting a bad reputation for having a large footprint um, and a large carbon footprint. But, you know, these things are essential. So, you know, some people don't always know that it takes um, 1,200 tonnes of, of concrete to build a three megawatt wind turbine, four tonnes of copper, 340 tonnes of steel, just for one wind turbine, you know, to, to kind of power this new green energy and renewable energy uh, age, you know, it's going to take a lot of, of mining to do so. So this kind of idea of Mission Zero coming in and to, to, to get these metals, these these precious minerals um, to do that carbon neutral is, is, is great. Point of view, uh, what you said is that uh, if you think about uh, green transition, uh, when people talk about, you talk about uh, kind of key battery metals, nickel, cobalt, lithium. They are commodities that, that uh, miners need to produce in order to meet the, the requirements of or the demand for the green transition. But at the, at the same time, the, the benefit of uh, looking at the full flow seat is that uh, there are many different pro, uh, ways to process, for example, lithium. And, and uh, if your priority is to minimize the environmental footprint, you can make choices when you look at the flow sheet that uh, uh, basically uh, there's a lot of different alternatives uh, in optimizing the flow sheet. And if you start optimizing the flow sheet from the point of view that you minimize environmental impact, it might, the end result might look different from uh, if you go for the cheapest way to kind of produce. And I think our, our customers and, and we are like, I think we, we are looking at uh, techno, technological solutions that can, can uh, 
can minimize the footprint. But selecting the flow sheet, how you process the 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 ore or the commodity has significant impact on the environmental footprint. Mm. In some some instances, uh, the site is the main main source of the of the emissions. Sometimes actually site is less, but then also transportation is important. Uh, so you need to look at the whole uh, whole whole chain, not only uh, pit and plant, but also what happens after plant, including logistics. We'll just ask a couple more questions. We'll go to to Q and A. Um, how's twenty thirty looking then, Miko? So you know, is is it realistic, and does it need to be sooner? Can it be sooner potentially? I think it's uh, challenging and realistic at the same time. I don't think it's easy target, uh, especially because of the of there's a delay if if uh, delay factor if you're making new uh, capital investments, delay if you need to change the the uh, flow sheet what you're running. So I think there's a, always a delay fact uh, in in these type of things. I think you can more easily achieve that in greenfield. Because in the greenfield, by default, you have a clean sheet of paper, and then you can define the. Uh, but I think uh, it requires much more work and investment than ideas for the brownfield operations, and and uh, it is uh, realistic and challenging for me at the same time. I would not like to commit to make it happen sooner. I would like, but uh, but I think it's uh, necessary wouldn't be realistic. If I Pick a point of the uh, uh, brownfield. We discussed about brownfield in terms of digitalization. There's another aspect that uh, we just recently completed an exercise, what we called internally concentrate concentrate of the future. And we looked at the optimal concentrator setup and how we can reduce the energy or electricity usage of, of, of the concentrator by 30, 40%, but by significant amount. But then, of course, when you go to brownfield, we have the optimal concentrator, how it would look like uh, if, if you have a clean sheet of paper. But then we are trying to break it down to different kind of circuits. We are looking at the uh, grinding circuit. And then I think uh, we need to become better of uh, implementing kind of point improvements into existing mindset operations so that uh, you cannot change the whole flow sheet at one go, but looking at uh, areas that uh, could be upgraded, could be improved on that flow sheet. So we are now breaking up that concentrate concentrate of the future for different process parts and looking at, can we take that part uh, from this optimal solution and take it to the uh, existing operations in a way that it it would reduce the footprint and basically achieve the target. So it is rather complicated, but can be done. Um, it's obviously a big question, but I mean, hopefully it's sooner. But I think it's already challenging enough. So so fair enough. The skeptics in every every walk of life, every industry, there'll be skeptics out there saying that this is um, more so for competitive advantage. You know, customers are doing it. You know, it's a it's a it's a trend, but from my opinion, it's not a box ticking exercise. There's a difference between a box ticking exercise and, and being passionate about it. So, what, what answer would you have to people who would, I guess, uh, question the motives? I would say that if there's financial gain 
for miners and suppliers alike, it will happen much faster. If you, if you look at the vaccination development for the COVID-19, if there would not would have been uh, private companies trying for that one and also making some profit out of it, it would have never happened in reality. So I think the typically I don't see these conflicting the financial gain and environmental objectives. That's why uh, that's why there's carbon trading schemes because if there's a financial incentive to emit less, it happens much faster and much better than otherwise. And and uh, Maybe another point is that if I look at the whole mining market, uh, sometimes you talk about uh, from suppliers market, you talk about premium market, and then uh, which is premium suppliers, high-end suppliers. Then you talk about low-end, mid-market suppliers, kind of cheap, uh, cheaper solutions, uh, fit for purpose, kind of okay. And uh, what I see that uh, the driver for sustainability and digitalization will start to grow the premium market because the ones with the technology know-how, R&D capabilities, uh, uh, service capabilities can do it. But typically, if your focus is to have a cheapest possible solution or product uh, for certain purposes, you, you don't have resources or capabilities to do it. So what I see the change in the market is that uh, instead of uh, low-cost mid-market uh, solutions gaining ground. I see actually the premium companies doing better in the coming years uh, because of uh, sustainability and digitalization drive. And uh, I think that is good for the environment, it's good for the industry. Perfect. Good stuff. So, uh, Mikko, we'll just um, jump to some some questions some people have been um, coming in with. We'll start with uh, Lorenzo Bacalu. So they've asked, um, how important are the advancements in it and the uh, level of mining companies uh, on taking on new tech and IoT sensors with 5G connectivity for remote sites? Yeah, I think uh, uh, if I think about connectivity, I think there's a different technologies. I think uh, sensors are the most important thing because the, the, the challenge in mining is that the feed is not stable. If you think about oil and gas, and refinery, you know exactly what kind of crude you are getting in. So you, you have fine-tuned process for processing that crude in the refinery. But uh, the obstacle in mining is that, of course, you do all characterization uh, in, 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 the, in, the, in the mine site, in the pit, but then the feed is still a little bit unpredictable and, uh, and uh, not, not kind of stable. It means that uh, you need to have a sense of technologies kind of picking up uh, any change in the, in the kind of uh, all what is coming in. And uh, as the, as the uh, person asked, I think uh, uh, early on, the sensor uh, technology was an issue in the mining that, uh, that for example, after the, the primary crossing and conveying how you pick up what's happening, how, how, how the all looks like and, and getting the feedback so you can uh, to the actual mine site. So uh, it's getting better. And, and uh, but then uh, uh, of course you have different wireless technologies because the mining sites are remote. You can use 5G, but you can use uh, other type of uh, wireless technologies depending on the site. If you're if you uh, close to the kind of uh, cities, uh, uh, 
operators can give you the kind of private uh, private network for 5G, or if you, if you are so remote that there's nothing nearby, then then there's kind of three, four alternatives uh, kind of for the wireless connectivity. But for the wireless connectivity, it's good to bear in mind that it's actually the operating environment is quite harsh. So there's a lot of dust, there's lots of dirt, and that type of thing. So you need to kind of be able to protect that uh, transmission from uh, and devices from 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 that. But uh, that is actually important in the mining side. Uh, 5G is often a preferred option because then you get more devices connected and more easily because it's standard uh, standard interface. Yeah, perfect. Um, another question here from Capoli, which I, I can probably comment on as well. So majority of of carbon footprint is due to emissions. Uh, apart from emissions, what are you focusing on? Um, I imagine looking at things like uh, waste reduction, uh, for example, diesel diesel reduction, but yeah, summarize that for us, uh, Nico. Yeah, I think uh, if you talk about uh, diesel, of course, then you talk about uh, typically in-pit in operations and, and, uh, and what we discussed a little bit earlier about uh, using dumper trucks or using in-pit crossing and conveying where you can actually Get rid of the dumper, dumper trucks to a large extent in not in all of the mines but in many mines so i think uh, in, in that sense then the uh, diesel uh, consumption becomes less of an issue in the site if you can go into input crossing and conveying uh, the biggest issue in the mining process actually energy consumption in the combination circuit when you talk about size reduction crossing uh, milling it's huge in energy consumption, and of course, it's uh, there are certain laws of physics why it's so consuming so much energy. But but if you can optimize that part of the process, uh, basically for energy less using less energy for the kind of throughput, I, I think that's uh, that's uh, that's why what I mentioned about concentrate of the future, we're really looking at how we can reduce energy consumption because that is the big issue in the uh, crossing and, and milling circuit. I guess as well, uh, energy waste reduction, water reduction, uh, things that are obviously already in, in process. That's that's really good. And I've got another question here from uh, Manjutha. So it's quite a long question, so bear with me, Mikael. Uh, I have recently read The Blue Book Economy by Gunther Poli. He talks a lot about transforming mining into carbon neutral zones by looking at the full ecosystem and exploring options of thinking beyond only mining as core business and introduce additional revenue streams. So the question is, how much of your mission zero is inspired by the idea presented in Blue Economy 3.0? I've heard about the concept, but I'm not that uh, familiar with the exact details of what, what the question was all about. But I said earlier about that, uh, that uh, we are sometimes missing the transportation and logistic link, because if you're talking about the end product, it's actually is quite heavy. You might be in the so. I think uh, when I talk about full flow sheet, I talk about uh, pit and plant. I talk about uh, material handling. I talk about size reduction and separation up to the kind of uh, tailings management. But the question is that uh, as the as I was question, what happens then? You cannot ignore what happens after that because. Uh, you might have a smelters, uh, logistics, uh, uh, dif different locations, sea transportation, uh, road transportation, conveyor transportation. So actually, the question is actually good because 
Sometimes you easily come up with a point solution, uh, which is also a good thing. But then, of course, the most benefits, the most gains are actually, if you look at holistic solution, you look at end-to-end, -end, including logistics. And uh, interesting uh, uh, piece of information also that uh, underground operations uh, are, are less good from an environmental point of view than overground operations uh, uh, when I saw the recent study. Even though uh, locally it's better to have uh, underground because then the kind of impact for the environmental next to the mining site is less. But from a carbon footprint point of view, the, uh, the open pit mines are actually uh, producing much less uh, emissions. So they are, uh, the question is good because uh, sometimes uh, you need to step up and, and uh, look back a bit, look at the big picture and identify the levers rather than kind of looking at specific product or specific technology. So uh, good point. Perfect. And then there's a couple of other questions, interesting questions that just come up. So I'll just uh, fire through those. So Kapoli mentions uh, an interesting point. India's energy is largely dependent on thermal coal. Uh, we obviously talked about coal before. Um, how can we achieve mission zero whilst excavating coal? Is it possible? Yeah, I think, of course, uh, you need to always separate kind of thermal coal and, and uh, metallurgical coal, which is for the kind of uh, tea production. Uh, and there are ways to improve uh, also the process of uh, extracting uh, extracting uh, all coal. But uh, I think the bigger thing is that uh, countries should look at transition away from uh, using coal for 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 energy. I think uh, met coal you need for for steel, but uh, many countries are moving away from uh, from using coal for 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 energy production. So. And then also that we see our customer base migrating away from the coal uh, quite fast. So there are certainly technical advantages uh, for improving existing operations and, and reducing environmental impact. But uh, I, I, I see the bigger shift in the market moving away from, uh, from thermal coal altogether, yeah. at least with, with our customer base. Yeah. Um, and one final question from my friend Shvetank Saxena from Weir. Um, so how do we get this message shared throughout the mining industry to inspire cultural change within mining? I'll actually be looking at also the uh, material from uh, Weir Group, which is of course our competition. So I'm actually pleased to see that they are also em emphasizing uh, environmental aspects of their solutions. So uh, I, I think uh, industry needs to come together with, uh, with the, this kind of big topics, I think. Uh, Everybody needs to do their piece. Uh, it cannot be FLS only. And I think uh, uh, we feel that we were ahead of others a bit to start this earlier. So, uh, but I'm actually pleased to see that also our so-called competition is on board because everybody needs to be on board with this one to, to deal with the change. And of course, customers, us, other suppliers, everybody needs to be together. Good stuff. I think that's a good place to, to leave it, Mika. Thanks again for your time. It's been really good. Um, have you got anything else you'd like to, to add before we go? No, I'd just like to say that I'm, I'm, uh, I'm actually pleased about having this discussion because uh, the change over the last couple of years is that it's the number one topic for discussion in the mining industry at the moment. Two, three years ago, 
it wasn't really discussed at, uh, at all, or at least not too much. So I think it's a significant shift in the industry. And I think uh, we all need to collaborate together. There are industry associations, copper mark, that, that, that are driving sustainability in, in, in copper production. There are different associations where you come together, operate uh, suppliers alike, and work together for this goal. So it's a uh, goal for everybody in the industry. And I would also invite the younger people to join the mining industry, because uh, if you recognize that we are, let's say, cement and mining is emitting uh, 10% of the CO2 emissions globally, the best way to influence is to join us, make the change, make the change from within, and, and, uh, and inviting people with that type of uh, attitude and competencies to join the industry. It's a great industry. We can change it, and we can deliver the change. Good point. It's um yeah it's obviously very you know very relevant younger people are invested in this sort of thing and you know I think seeing the mining industry genuinely making you know good change and um, who knows carbon neutral carbon negative maybe in the in the future who knows um, you know it's exciting and hopefully we'll we'll bring in uh, younger people into the industry so uh, thank you again uh, thank you for everyone joining joining us today a podcast thank is going to be released uh, of today's discussion. So look out for that on searchingindustrial.com. We'll also be releasing a downloadable PDF of all of today's major takeaways. So uh, sign up to receive that uh, via the link in today's chat and comments. Um, and of course, if anyone wants to get in contact with me, then, then feel free. Uh, but thank you again, Mika. I really appreciate it today. And thank you everyone else for, for joining me. Thanks for having me. Good, good luck with Mission Zero. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Take care. Bye-bye.